You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Prue. Hey, Michael. Andre, I'd ask you what's in your glass, but I... I just pushed the microphone right in your face. Kind of know. Yeah. Uh, I brought this bottle over knowing that you are absolutely in love with Paul Hobbs. I am. And uh, I had this old bottle of Cab in my cellar, and I said... Um, uh, we're gonna open this. Uh, sadly, I had to push the cork through. Or I had to make a hole in the cork. Now that I look at it. Yeah, but I, I got the strainer out. We put this in um, the Zalto decanter that you were nice enough to give me. Uh, Merry Zalto Christmas. is good enough to uh, sponsor your video the series. Video series. Want to give a plug on it? Oh yeah. Please, uh, please watch my video series. <laughs> and if you don't want to watch the video series, just go through the Grape Guys Facebook page. Because the screen captures oh, are you, my favorite part of the video. You actually, that's all done by Google, right? So I just kind of let them go. And then one day you were really bored on a Sunday. By the way, the uh, the sound in the back is uh, Henry making his appearance. Yep. Um, Eating his dinner. It, um, uh, you just, one Sunday, I, I don't know why how or how you were so bored, but you sent me a, a, a collage of nine or 12 video captures and i just i used it as a, a little thing yeah, i made so, fun of you for it but then i used it so what we've got is a 2007 uh vina cobos felino cabernet sauvignon argentina it's uh unfined and unfiltered uh yep. made by by paul hobbs in argentina and i mean to this day i think we both consider this winery to offer great value correct yes i mean regardless of listen i know i'm a fanboy I've said I'm a fanboy. I'll admit that, but but biases aside, like this is really good wine. You're getting outstanding winemaking for value. You spent twenty bucks on this in 2009. Yeah, so twenty bucks for that bottle. I think and, it's like twenty four now. Like it's not even that much more money. No, but it's it was it's good. Like I'm surprised if you have if you ended up buying some Felino Cab Sauv and he's, there's a Malbec too. I know I still have the Malbec, um, but I know that you uh, you like Felino, so I said I'll I will bring. Of this bottle along. I also brought along a 2004 Jim Jim Shiraz. Yep, I'll get to that in a minute because I still have a lot of the cab stove in my glass. So yeah, uh, so uh, I should um, I should say sorry to Anya because I talked Andre into pouring the whole bottle out. Sorry. Yeah, she'll never know about it. We're going to hide the bottle, but now that the vi- the podcast comes out. If she listens to it, my wife doesn't listen to us either. No, she doesn't either. She's never going to know that this. Yeah, happens. even if I tag her, she will. She <laughs> won't even. She won't even listen. Um, you and I sort of talked a little bit off the microphone because I had a really great moment this weekend. I was just experimenting. What was her name? I had a little bit of a a little bit of a splurge this weekend because I live it in Davis at Davisville in Toronto. Yep, and I'm a block south of La Sala Maria. Uh, and I don't know if they have Facebook or if you can tag them, but if you live in Toronto, it's uh, one of the best places to get um, gourmet ingredients, whether it's truffles or cheeses or whatever. And I find it's a little bit cheaper than St. Lawrence Market, and it's great for me because it's a block away from my house. Yep. But they have truffles in stock, so I bought a, a nice, uh-huh. a nice thirty-five-dollar $35 mushroom. Okay. So I don't I, like mushrooms to begin with, but, I know. but hold on. We're gonna get we're gonna get to this. We're I, gonna get to this. I don't mind truffles. Okay. For some reason. They don't like seem like a mushroom. They don't seem like a mushroom to me. But it, it's just like it's one of those flavors where it's it a makes hard your mushroom. tongue it's it makes a, your tongue really happy. Isn't it an umami? Yeah, with right. but without the salt. Because like I think the thing is, like I love MSG. I love cooking with MSG. <laughs> I mean not in like sitting and like eating a bowl of MSG with a spoon. Although but, he has done that. But using MSG as an ingredient. Can be a great 
like enhancer when I make ramen when I make pho and I do both of these things from scratch it's like a long process do you mean I use pho? It it's pronounced pho <laughs> That's how you say it. Ask a Vietnamese person. I know it's just fun because everybody calls it pho. I know it's white which people. Which is which is just which is just the French word for false. So, <laughs> so I, Jesus, look uh, at me throwing in but the thing is, I guess the point I was making is is truffles. Like if you haven't had a chance to have truffles, it sort of gives you that really happy mouth feeling without the saltiness that you get from MSG. A lot okay. of it. I mean, it's just that umami flavor. Yes, and we were talking. We were talking about uh, food and wine pairings. Yeah, and, and I guess where where I'm going with this is, um, so I made a potato pizza, pizza dough from scratch. Um, you take some really thinly sliced uh, Yukon Gold potatoes. I toss them with Chilean olive oil, which, thanks to your advice, is one of the things I brought back from my trip to Chile in January. Uh, a little bit of garlic, grana padano cheese, and the truffle on it. And I'll be honest, the the pizza was okay. It was very good. I yep. mean, we're using a lot of really good ingredients in yeah. that. If you're putting truffle and fresh truffle on it, it better be good. I opened up the brand new 2015 Lazy 12 from Hinterland. Which is a very good bottle of bubbles. And the moment that that wine hit my lips and I took a bite of that pizza, like Anya and I, we both had a moment where like, like we had a like one of those silent conversations that when you and I usually have them, we're swearing at each other. <laughs> but like with Anya and I, it was just this moment of like complete and utter, like this is the most magic food and wine compliment that I've ever put together in my life. So it's interesting because then I started telling you about uh, one of the pairings I had and you said, shut up, we'll talk about it on the podcast. So yes. now I get to, to tell you. So one of mine has to do with a pizza as well. Okay. And um, I I don't know why, but I, I like Domino's pizza when you put extra <laughs> sauce on it. Yeah, Domino's sauce is awesome. Okay, so I put but Domino's. If you're listening and you want to like hook us up, we could totally do some extra sauce pizzas oh, and just line up a dozen wines, and we'll tell you which wine goes best with your pizza. So what I did was I had a a, a chicken pizza uh, with extra sauce. I think it's chicken and onions and whatever it was, and I ended up having. So this winery is now defunct. It's a Smith and Wilson uh, double barrel red, and. Probably one of the greatest pairings of my life, believe it or not, was that wine, that pizza, that night. Because it was, it just, everything went together. The wine was great. The pizza was great. Yep. And I just, I, I will never forget that. Here's the weird part. Okay. Two weeks later, I was like, you know what? I want to do it again. I had one more bottle of double barrel. I ordered the exact same pizza. It was not the same pairing. I don't know why. Maybe I was in a happier mood. No, but I mean, that was what we were getting at with um, with why we were talking about this was like this, like this hinterland and this pizza were a completely magic com- uh, magic pairing. But I mean, there's a lot of food and wine that just goes well together. I mean, correct. There's, there's turkey and anything. Uh, you know, if, if beef I'm beef and anything, if I'm doing pasta, I definitely like warm climate red wines. Like I'm doing like tomato sauce, like a marinara, marinara sauce or whatever, bolognese. There are like, lots of, of fine, not fine wine, but fine wine pairings. Not totally. You know, they're just okay. I'm happy with it. I yes. can drink it. The magical moments in my life that I have had with food and wine are like three. I'm I'm totally in the same boat, and I've been doing this for over eighteen years. And I, I think I, I think it's it's kind of unusual that we're kind of on, in the same place with this because you're a little bit of a picky eater. I'm not going to like completely no, throw no. you under the bus with with that. And I'm 
a foodie. I'm an adventurous Correct. eater, and I love trying to put food and wine together. And I'm things like Gewurztraminer and you know Szechuan food, Chinese barbecue, dim sum, well, like well, that stuff that goes really well together. But I can't remember one that was well. You like introduced a slam dunk. Penelope Irving and I to uh, fried, fried chicken, chicken and, and ice, wine. ice wine. Did I think it was the greatest pairing in the world? No, you thought it was. It's fantastic. I'm. I can tell you the other one that I totally remember as a good food and wine pairing was when I was first starting out as as, as a writer. Stony Ridge yep. invited me to try. Uh, well, they were doing a, a winemaker's dinner. Yep. And they did uh, an old Chardonnay with a pear soup okay. with a truffle oil on top, which seemed to me really weird. And I tried the soup, and I was like, "Yeah, it's a nice soup." I tried the wine, and I was like, yeah, "It's an okay wine." Together, it was Amazing. like it was the something that I was like, "Holy! If this is what a food and wine pairing is about, great." The rest of the meal couldn't tell you about, <laughs> but that one particular pairing was outstandingly good. So I think I think the thing that I've really sort of learned, especially when I'm throwing these bigger dinner parties and bigger gatherings at my house, and you can follow me on Instagram at Andre Wine Review. The parties get a little elaborate at Andre's House of Wine. Yes, they do, and actually, uh, you, you can actually. Tag Andre's House of Wine if I'm not on mistaken. Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you ever make it to Andre's House of Wine, you can totally do that. Only when you're here, though. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, it's it's tough to make that marriage completely happen when you go from course to course to course, yeah. and you have that many people and and this and that. And I think it's just more thinking about it is, uh, I think food and wine pairings are a little bit of bull. They they really are, and and I, I don't. I, I've been to many a dinner. We're we're the winemakers there, and they they've they tell you how painstaking they've gone over the the wine and the food, and I just I end up I hate to say it, I end up nitpicking it, and I think most people might do it as well when they when they when you're a real foodie, and with wine you go did it work? No, I I, I can't say that that most of them work. They're good, yeah, but they're not. Wow, I. I either found a wow in the wine, or I find a wow in the food, but I very rarely find a wow in the pairing. You know, it's it's one of the things too. I think, um, especially with what you and I do, we're really fortunate to have a, a focus on Ontario wine. And I think, as a consequence of of what we do and, and the focus of our, our respective writing, you know, we have a bias towards cool climate wines. That's the cool thing about cool climate wines is they re- when you say food friendly, I know it's another kind of throwaway term that works its way into tasting notes but you know i can see an off dry riesling being just as good with a steak as the trius red well i remember um and talking it, talking about, someone someone can fight me on that if they think that that's not something that could work no but i don't know about riesling but i've 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 been i've heard like from somebody like bill riddlemeyer or i've tried a southbrook's chardonnay that that could go with with steak and 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 I know that, like my wife, for instance, she doesn't like red, and I pour her a nice bold Chardonnay, and she's like, you know, that's she doesn't usually mix them together. Yeah, but sometimes she'll go. Oh, Sorry, did you say bowl of Chardonnay? Bold, bold. I just picture Erica a bowl of Chardonnay, a bowl of Chardonnay, sticking her face right in it and licking it up like the dog. That's gonna get us all in so much trouble. That's gonna get you in trouble. So no, but but she bold Chardonnay. She, well, that's that's okay. Like she's she's fine with that. You know, I actually have a hard time with um, with Chardonnay because you and I, like, we've talked about like the mediocre, the mediocre food pairings that you know we sort of talked about. Like, I think most wine and food pairings are kind of that. Yeah, the, the yacht rock playlist, like, it makes you, it makes you feel good, but it's like, in the middle. Yeah. Like, everything's in the middle. I there have been very. I've had some really 
food pairings. Yeah. And I've had some good food pairings. But I, as I said, the food pairings that I have had that have transcended my life, I could count on this one hand and yep. take away two fingers. Yeah, and you already said that. Three. Yeah. So for those of you keeping at home, Michael does have five fingers on his hand. Still. Yes. Andre hasn't chopped anything off that I Minus know Minus two is, is three. Is three. Um, I, yeah, here's the problem. If, I, can't name, I can't name the third, but I know it was there. If we can maybe break this down a little bit further, um, I have a hard time with Chardonnay and food, especially the Chardonnays that I like. Because um, I, as much as I like every Chardonnay, according to you, um, I really do prefer the really rich and, yes, and large Chardonnays, whether it's you know more to the buttery side that you get from California or more to the orchard fruit mineral side you get from Niagara when we get it in the hands of a good winemaker. I just, I'll be honest, I don't like, when I have a really good wine, I don't like pairing it with food. No, because I think I think you mentioned, and I, I have said it as well, I think the uh, the, the best food pairing is, is, is a good bottle of wine. Like just a good bottle of wine on its own. And then I'm worried about, or I'm not worried, but I, I wonder what I'm going to eat. And if, if I don't like what I'm eating and drinking at the same time, don't put them in your mouth at the same time. That's pretty much it. And I remember Thomas Batchelder, friend of the podcast, uh, once said at a, at a seminar I was at, um, when he takes a good bottle of Pinot, he asks, where's the salmon? And Interesting. I, and I hadn't thought of that, but sometimes when I'm making salmon, I open a bottle of Pinot. Okay, well, here we go. Here we go. I think we're now down to also individual palates and individual tastes. Right, correct. Thomas like, likes like Thomas Pinot and salmon would go really well correct. together. I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try it because of this podcast. I'm but I think a light soon. salmon, like a light Pinot. Sorry, uh, maybe maybe Chardonnay. Well, would have go your with Pinot salmon. would go with it too. I mean, it's all in how you cook it. The thing about the thing about cooking uh, salmon is you got. I mean, actually, it's the same thing with cooking any protein. You have so many options with what you can do with it, especially when you spend time in France. Especially, you know, we kind of have the adage in North America where it's white protein, white wine red protein red wine but you go to burgundy you have cockle that's chicken braised in red wine what do you do with that well i you know and, and, and let's face it, it red red wine is the logical choice I, but i mean based on this podcast drink what you like i think a chardonnay would go I, I really well with a cockle I, I always i always tell my wine classes you know if, if, if it doesn't go don't drink them at the same time i don't see the point drink what you like my my brother invites us over dinner and i don't even ask him anymore what he's making uh, you invite me over for dinner. I don't even ask what you're making. I don't care what you're making. I'm bringing what I want to drink. With you're making one of my favorite meals that you've ever you you make is yes. is, is egg, egg roll in a bowl. bowl. I brought uh, a 2004 hang Shiraz on, and on. I brought a 2007 Cab. I don't know if those two go, but I'm happy to drink them with you. Talk about them and eat your egg roll in a bowl. So egg roll in a bowl. For those of you who can just picture it, because it's a really great simple recipe, and Michael has been low carbing it. And when I cook for friends, I really don't mind helping them out with whatever dietary restrictions they have. I think it's being a good host. You're not being a pain in the ass. I really don't mind it. Although you often are a pain in the ass, Michael. And, I, and I've requested this meal many a time. So. Uh, you take some ground pork, toss it with a little bit of dark soy, a little bit of light soy. Or if you just have one kind of soy sauce, toss it with that. Uh, some garlic, some ginger. Those three ingredients just to taste. If you really want the soy, throw lots in. If you don't want a lot, so in case you're actually writing this down. Take two bags of coleslaw mixture. This will be enough for three people. Take one bag of the coleslaw mixture and set it aside. You do not need to cook it. Uh, you're going to heat up some canola oil in a wok or in a flat bottom frying pan. Take your second bag of mixture. 
toss a diced onion in it, toss the mixture in it, and then you mix it with a little bit of soy sauce um, and some sesame oil. Then you mix it all together. I, I could eat this every night. I really liked this recipe, and I know I teased you last time I was here because you made spaghetti squash. The spaghetti squash pasta. I, and I said, the I really The sauce was really good on it. The sauce was great. It needed meat. I need... I don't know about you. I need meat. I'm like your dog. I need meat. There was meat. pancetta in the sauce. Yeah, I want, I want big hunks of, uh, you know what? If you're too broke a millennial to have a, 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 I can a pound a of ground beef. I've already told everyone that. Correct. But if you're too too broke to get ground beef, I'll bring you over a pound of ground beef. You can put that in the sauce. Okay, thanks, Michael. Thanks for like critiquing my, my cooking on the podcast. Anyways, I guess the, the roundabout ways we're saying is uh, I think we've both kind of summed up that Food wine pairings are kind of BS. Drink what you like, and Eat if they don't like. go together, go put them separate. I, I always pick the bottle of wine first, and then whatever I'm eating, I'm eating. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to still try to find that that combination, but I think the um, the Les Etoiles and the potato pizza was the first time in probably a couple of years where I've had that perfect what I, marriage. What, what, of what wine I think food. you should do is do it again. See if it was just that night. That was it. Okay. Was it? Was it the way you made the pizza? Was it you were really totally. good, you guys were I, really I, happy? Something was good that day, and that made it wonderful. Or if it actually is a magical pairing, I'd love to see you do it one more time. You know what? We, I will do that again because it was that perfect pairing, and I'll report back. It might be a year from now, it might be six months from now, and we'll. It could be the same we'll thing as my my double barrel on Domino's Pizza. It was great that one time, but the next time, not so good. I think we need to send a note to Domino's Pizza because I kind of like the idea of doing that on the podcast. Oh, I like Domino's. I just really like Domino's Pizza. I really do. Their thin crust is fantastic. I like you the ever, thick crust. I like the thick crust too, but the thin crust is really. You ever had their um, their little chicken bites? Those are really good too. We should wrap this up, shouldn't we? We should. Because now uh, I'm there just was, thinking. Yeah, Domino's I'm trying to pizza. think. Of, I had one more point that I I wanted to make just about food and wine pairings. Oh, about Domino's? the last thing I just wanted to say is so if you ever go to my website underwinerview.ca oh, and you God. see. In my notes, perfect pairing is a second glass. To me, that's just a wine that's too good to be paired with food. And to be honest, I find more of those than I do that perfect food and wine pairing. I do too. I would I would agree with you. There's and this more... Tolino is definitely one of those. I'm glad we're not eating anything with this. There, there are more times that I think to myself, I could really go for that glass of wine. I can go for another glass of wine. I can go for another glass of wine, three, four glasses of wine. And and I'm like, I could care less about what I'm eating. All right. I'm Andre Pru from underwinerview.ca. You can help us continue to make this podcast great by supporting us on Patreon. So patreon.com, look for Two Guys Talking Wine. And I'm Michael Pincus of michaelpinkuswinereview.com. I know that you're going to hear something about Patreon in about five, four, three, two, good night, one. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes. This podcast is made possible thanks to our supporters on Patreon. A big thank you goes out to Adnan Isel, owner of Isellers Estate Winery. You can visit them at 615 Concession 5 Road in Niagara-on-the-Lake or check out their website at isellers.ca. Find out how you can support us, like Adnan, by visiting patreon.com slash twoguystalkingwine.